Don't frazzle my sh- It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Good morning, everybody. It was great. One thing that happens as soon as I press go live is you get a burst of thumbs up and thumbs down if they happen to be there. And the first thing I see as I go live is a couple of thumbs down. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, hey, welcome back. And F off. <laughs> like, what did we do? I don't we haven't know. done anything yet. Give anything. us a chance to make you mad. Like, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's just a matter of time. How weird is this? So, uh, a little bit of a weird setup. I've got some more work going on in the shop today. Uh, so we're in the office because we needed to do a show. Yeah. Weird spot, And it right? turns out we didn't need to be here. No, because I just got the phone call and the guy's like, We're running I'm late. running a little late. I've got some materials to pick up. I'll be there, you know, around 11. It's like, oh, okay, so we didn't even need to do this. But so here we are. here's the office. You can, I don't, can they see the desk? No, they cannot. Him? Okay. So I mean, the, they might get a glimpse of it. Yeah, but. this is the, what did, what did you call that? The exploded, That's called walnut. No, exploded table. Yeah, it was the exploded table. Mm-hmm. So we took this back from your mom. Yeah, I think she wants oh, it back, Oh, we though. should probably say who we are. Man, we're out of, out out of, of practice. here. Yeah, I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And today we're doing a morning show. The woodworking yeah. morning show specifically. I want to thank some people who helped us out. Uh, Brad Logston, Greg Mitchell, Chris, Christian Winsler. Mm-hmm. Our old buddy Rick Urschel. Oh, Rick! Oh, Rick! How you doing, Rick? Uh, Joe Gregoria, Richard Street, John Decker. Those are people who helped us on Patreon. That's mm-hmm. patreon.com slash woodwhisperer. And man, we got a lot of people I gotta, on YouTube. Yeah, I have some. You want to? You want me to say a few? So Dustin Eastvold, Kenneth Keelan, Dominic Duranti, yeah. Eddie Sanchez, Gary Kusaza. Kusaza? Kaleza. Gary Kaleza. This is what you tune in for. Me just butchering names. Uh, Did you want to continue? Lonnie Serber. Excuse me. Curtis Ziedelhack. Oh, that's a cool name. Teen Woodworker. John G. Jaron Sanders. Cindy Langford. Michael Leiden. Daniel. Atkin. Atkin. (laughs) Michael Kuras. I think that's Michelle. Michelle. Kuras. It is a a woman. (laughs) At least from what I could see in the picture. Stephen. Ainsen, Greg Duffy, I think we went back far enough. Well, I, actually, I don't think we did because we got a ton of people. So we had that giveaway show. Yeah, that was Which huge. was bananas. And we and a ton of people signed up then. And I think these are the huge, people. Nicole. Yep. Uh, I'm still recovering from it. It was like, what? I went back into the live software. Yeah. And it, it was like a mess. It yeah. was like... The day after a party, but I haven't touched the software since then. There's images everywhere. For 25 days, apparently. Yeah, there's Holly and Dougie. Doug, what it. is he chewing on? Hard drive. Stop it, Dougie. What, what are you doing? Get Come on. Why is he even in here? How did that happen? You see Dougie. All right. What else? Anything? We're good? Uh... Yeah, Kirk, Kirk Hart, and Jim. I we missed a few, so we may have missed sorry. a few. So thank you. And those folks are, are people who helped us out on YouTube over on YouTube, which the whole membership thing. So you know what? You don't have to do that. It's not a requirement. Can we just hang out with us. We don't even ask you to do it. Actually, we do. We do ask. But we're, let's pretend that we're we're people who don't ask people to do that. But <laughs> your seriously, lighting, your lighting is too bright. We appreciate it. You know what's too bright? It's just the your face the, is too bright. It's the sun. Well, we have windows yeah. all throughout our office. It's a little bit tricky to control the lighting. <laughs> Robert Price just did a super chat. The new shop looks a little tight. The new shop is a little tight. Yeah. It's not my favorite shop. I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to find some stuff here. Nicole? Jeremy Jeremy says, this is different than I'm used to. Ah, it's freaking us out, too. Here, I'll lower the brightness just a hair. Yeah. I'll try to do this stuff on the fly for you guys, for yeah, you, you picky people. All right, let's yeah. get to uh, let's get to our show. So I'll be pulling questions from the YouTube chat. Um, we have a Patreon a Patreon reward level where we ask uh, those supporters be- like the day before if they have any questions, so he can start talking while I'm pulling questions. So we're not just sitting here looking at you. Yeah, I also want to show you guys a couple of things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, uh. Christmas happened. That's Mom's uh, table. That's going to be a guild project yeah. pretty soon, but we got to enjoy the table. Uh, wanted to show you and what those happened. Those are the chairs from uh, Matt Cremona. Oh yeah, those are Cremona's chairs. That's right. I like to think of them as my chairs, <laughs> since really I kind of did all the work. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. 
Uh, I also got the uh, shop floor epoxy. Nice. This was actually like a late game decision um, that we did right after Christmas. So that really, I don't know if you guys have ever seen my floor, uh, but it was filled with cracks and, and fractures and all kinds of stuff. So this is a really nice treat to have. I'm uh, currently now working on a new gaming desk, actually two desks for Nicole and me, and uh, did a little bit of RGB lighting fun with it, and that's going to be a project on the free site coming up soon. I also made that while we were... We, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that in the after show. <laughs> I'm going to be replacing the old desk and putting that down there with uh, this new setup, and the, I'm super the, stoked The trestle table. I, he's tried to get rid of this table so many times. So many times. And I'm like, no, you're not getting rid of it. It's such an odd format. You it know what is, I really want to do? We always end up using it. I want to take a saw to it and chop it up for parts. That would make me so happy. I don't know why. I don't. Do you guys have that that sort of thing? I mean, I, I consider my furniture not disposable, recyclable. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to throw everything away. I either want to give it to someone who could use it, or take it apart and turn it into something else. That gives me a lot of satisfaction. Speaking of giving your projects away, we we did a little bit of cleaning house, and we gave away the steamer trunk to someone in Denver. Yes. Yeah. We did. Yeah. That's great. So that has a new home now. I'm just glad someone can use it. Yep. Okay, where are we? Let's do some questions. You want to do a question? Do yeah, a question. Yoso has a question. He Yoso. says, I'm really frustrated at this point, so I had to change my question for this week. Ba -ba 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 -ba. I bought a set of chisels, and I'm trying to sharpen them for the first time. Never sharpened before. I'm using the same set of sharpening stones. Um, I guess he's saying the same set I have. Uh, diamond um, plate, and then Shapton's 1,000, 5,000, 8,000. They're like purple, orange. Pretty colors. Pretty colors. And I cannot, for the life of me, flatten the back. I get to a point in the diamond plate... Uh, after over an hour of working on it, in which the first two inches or so are flat, and then I move to the stones. But I quickly develop an area near the front of the chisel that will not sharpen uh, in one of the chisels on the tip. And uh, let's see, in the other one I'm working, I'm having trouble reading this morning. I don't know why. Because the kids are in there. We can hear the kids it's yelling. Distracting. Uh, he <laughs> says, I thought I might be putting pressure on the handle, causing the tip to lift. But that doesn't seem to be the case, as I am very consciously making sure that I don't do that. Any ideas that could uh, help? Spent around six hours already working on two Jeez. chisels, and I'm about to throw them out as I'm getting nowhere. Well, one thing I... Feel I like sharpening is, like, hard. Nope. From much I hear... Really? No. I always hear... It feels like it's hard. We make it hard. Oh, okay. We make it way more difficult. Okay. Well, then simplify it for so me. So here's, here's one thing I'm going to recommend. When you get to that stage and you're that frustrated, I recommend you take that chisel out to the shop and get a piece of wood and look at what it does. Even a somewhat, by our woodworking standards, a somewhat dull chisel still cuts really well, right? So if what you're asking this tool to do is cut wood, it probably is already prepared enough to do that, right? So take it easy on yourself. Don't don't be so, you know, so, so sort of type A. Is that the way you would say that? Like you're micromanaging that you're micro... You're sharpening. You're micromanaging that micro bevel. <laughs> Right, like uh, give, these things will still work. Here. Okay, so if you want to take it back and really spend the time, but I'm just trying to get you to ease the frustration uh, because we all have been there, right? So take it out, see that it cuts, and go. Okay, that's actually still pretty good. Now, if I have extra time, I will go back and try to perfect this thing. Now, as you do this, there's a couple things that could be going on. The stones could be out of flat. If they're not perfectly flat, when you go from one stone to another, uh, you might wind up seeing some of those dead spots. Um, you may not be spending enough time on the lower grit, but the fact that you spent like that many hours on it is actually a little bit worrisome. Um, what you may try to do on a chisel is instead of going for the two inches, go for one. Most of the time, you don't need that much reference surface on a bevel, so try one inch. The longer you go, flattening the back of a chisel or a plane blade, uh, the longer it's going to take, right? Just because if it's a, a cup like this, it's gonna be a lot harder to flatten that versus taking that front inch, right? So on a chisel, aim for an inch, don't aim for two inches. See if that improves things. Another thing I found, especially with temperamental chisels, because not all steel is the same. Uh, sometimes I find that if I vary my approach and my strokes, right? So sometimes people do like a figure eight pattern. Sometimes people go back and forth. One thing I found on temperamental chisels is if I just go in one direction, either only put pressure on the pull stroke and, and continue that way, or same thing, you can go on the push stroke. But for whatever reason, I think when you go back and forth, you might be rocking slightly and 
we all do it. I, I don't, I don't, I think it's a natural thing with our hands as you're pushing forward and back, you're putting pressure in weird places. So I think if you are always going in the same direction, that kind of just simplifies what you're doing and you might get better results that way, right? But most importantly, take those chisels out to the shop and use them, make them dull, right? With use and then go back and sharpen them again. I wouldn't really stress too much about it. <laughs> uh, Brian Thor Thorpe made me laugh. He goes, I see the faithful 100 are here. Where's the other 2000 that were here for the giveaway? <laughs> you guys are the real viewers. The real fans. Okay. I don't yeah. use the word fans. Oh, sorry. Viewers. I don't like that word. Yeah, I know you don't. I, I, Pretentious. My, my mistake. My mistake. <laughs> the viewers. All of my fans, Nicole. <laughs> hey, I have so many fans. Good buddies. We have good buddies. I've, I do have a lot of good buddies. <laughs> Scott <laughs> Reichinger. We do it a, for the fans, Nicole. Stop it. Scott did a super chat and he said, starting the year off with a deposit into my good buddy account. Happy 2021. Oh, we appreciate that. You <laughs> Thank get, you, You get Scott. some serious good buddy juice. Ooh, I don't want any of that. Okay, you have a question? I have plenty. Yeah. Uh, is it Antone? Antoni? Antoine. Antoine. Roland said, I got your essential joinery book for Christmas. Sweet. Uh, very nice. If this YouTube wor uh, woodworking thing doesn't work out for you, get, you have a future as a hand model. Oh, well. You know, actually, it was. Um, it, this is not something I really do intentionally mm -hmm. i don't get manicures yeah um but i do i don't know i guess my hands hold up i don't know why you have nice you have nice nails there are times except when, for the time i try to do something with them well I if i that. do so, like if i like i don't know if i there's times i've dyed my hair yeah yeah that gets pretty bad we just talked about sharpening nothing will make your fingertips look more grody i guess maybe if you're fixing cars or something yeah, yeah. Uh, but for a woodworker is dealing with that metal swarf and sharpening it just gets in all the cracks and crevices so i had to be careful with that book not to do any sharpening <laughs> in and around the time that i filmed yeah. because it really does look gross yeah but thank you for the compliment yes. uh, i'm in good company with george costanza there you go okay sebastian marchand Says, any update on guild projects that we're going to get this year? Already pre-ordered the Morley Lounge Chair. Shoot, I didn't even announce that. Oh, yeah. Hey, Morley Lounge Morley Chair. Morley Lounge Chair. Pre-order till the end of the month. Uh, yep. You get a really nice fat discount. So is that when, at the end of the month, all February the, 1st. It's basically Netflix style. Just They dump. dump. We're going so, to dump on you. I need to get the captions done, too. Yep. Okay. So. Last year, you mentioned more projects with jewelry, potentially bringing in a new instructor. Um, has it just been postponed or did COVID cause you to cancel some projects entirely? I understand that this is still quite hard and unsafe for you to travel. Uh, don't want to put your family at risk. Just wondering what 2021 might look like in the guild. Okay, so I don't have complete visibility. I think people assume we're more professional than we are. Most of the time, you know how Nicole and I run a business? We fly by the seat of our pants. Woohoo! Uh, well, it allows us to be pretty nimble. Too. Yeah, we are nimble. That is one thing we are. So I would like to get jewelry back this year because that was one that was canceled. Um, but I would like to think of it as postponed. Uh, we probably could get out the Phillips again this year. Um, we have Brian Benham's project is coming up mm -hmm. soon. My project, I just showed you the picture at my mom's house, uh, the dining table project that I made for her. We want to get to Megan. <clears throat> yeah, we want to go see Megan Fitzpatrick. Here's the biggest thing that's going to be happening this year. I mean, I don't know if it's safe to say anything because... The contract has not been finalized. He's watching. I know he you're watching. watching. Um, we have been working with an editor, and I'm going to keep names out of this just in case I don't want to cause yeah. any kerfuffles. <laughs> uh, but our video editor that we've been working with for a couple of years now, we're bringing him on full time. That's huge. That's really huge. huge. I can tell you right now, I've got about maybe four or five projects that are sitting yeah. there waiting because we have an editor that has a real job and yeah. it's hard for him to do this stuff and get it out as fast as we need to. Um, so with John in the shop, our production rate is going up yep. right? and we're making more content. The bottleneck now is having editors or an editor who can put the time in that we need to. So not only is this person going to be doing the editing, but this person can also do the traveling. And anybody who knows me <laughs> knows that when there isn't a pandemic, the last place I want to be is on an airplane. <laughs> I hate traveling. So uh, part of his job will actually be to travel to locations and film. So if I can keep my butt home and have him on the road, mm -hmm. it's going to be great. So I'm really, really um, excited, optimistic about what 2021 brings. Too. I can't tell you all the details because I don't know them yet. Haven't, but we haven't finalized them yet. Haven't finalized anything. But there should be a flood of content. We're hoping. 
I think January is going to be slow because that's, we have a transitional period mm-hmm. here. But come February, I think that's when, you know, we'll really, we're going to hit our stride. Yeah. Hey, uh, OJ is in the chat. OJ. He says, now it's too dark and there still isn't, there's still not, uh, it's still not in VR. Oh, well, let me get to that. Yeah. I'll hook up the 360 cam while we're at it. Hey, VR. We got a VR for Christmas. Yeah, we got a, what is it? A Quest. Oculus Quest. Oculus Quest 2. Yeah, that thing's pretty neat. Yeah, it is. I was wearing it over here in the morning. It was Christmas morning. Yeah. And I was going through like a Star Wars thing. And I'm walking through a hallway trying to do my thing. And I suddenly feel like my leg warming up. And I had been in this thing for at least 15 like, minutes. so realistic. Now. And I'm like, no. I was like, How, what? And I'm looking for like a heat vent or something, yeah, right? I'm in like, the thing. what is going on? And I'm like, wait a minute. You know what? It's probably Dougie breathing on my leg or something. <laughs> and then I, I take the mask off and it was just weird how it messes with your senses. Yeah. Um, the, the sun had come out oh, yeah. and it wasn't out previously. It was, just, it was shining in the window and radiating on my leg. And I felt that heat, but totally attributed it to mm-hmm. something in the game. It was, it was wild. The other fun uh toy uh well i got the oculus quest for mark but it's a whole family thing but we also got um a 3d printer that we've been playing oh with. yeah that's been fun yes so um turns out all you people with 3d printers who've been talking about how cool it is you're, you're right that's right. <laughs> very cool <laughs> uh, we got it for uh mateo and it's the toy box 3d printer mm-hmm. just to be simple it's i didn't cute. know if he would take to it but boy he loves it he's been printing little things it is uh it's addicting like just it's in terms cool. of like oh my god i can make anything until I mean, you realize the little one we bought yeah the little one only can't does. make anything i actually want to make with it <laughs> you made the little holder for your lightsaber i made a lightsaber holder that was pretty fantastic i made mateo a little um question mark block to hold his switch games yeah. that was yeah. pretty cool yeah. so okay so mike davies says hi guys I thought there used to be an item in the TWW shop that was something like private consultation with Mark where we could have a virtual meeting with him and ask for advice and whatnot. Is that not a thing anymore? Am I imagining that it was ever there? That was just a dream, Mike. We never do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did I did used to have consultations set up, and here's what happened. I would get the consultations. Nicole would put them on my schedule. We'd set reminders, and then I would forget Mm-hmm. Or I would not get the reminder. Or yeah. something would fail in the communication side of this. And he gets so caught up in his own world. I'm out there working and I got like a three o'clock appointment to get on a call. Unless she comes out and says, hey, dummy, you have a call right now. Get in there. I forget. I forgot so many times that I'm like, this is just bad. This is bad. This yeah. makes us look bad. I feel this bad. Is, this is uh, not right for the people who are paying for this um, experience. And I'm you know, looking like I don't care. And I do care. It's just the, the problem is I'm, I'm focused on a project. And you guys know how it is. Sometimes you get that tunnel vision. So we don't do it anymore. Just because if I can't keep my promise to be there, then I have no business selling those uh, mm-hmm. consultations. So that's what it comes down to. Uh, Jason DeRocco said, happy Friday. Uh, Mark, have you changed your stance on what you use for dust masks slash filter brands, models, etc.? Nope. The only change I've made to my respirator you know, habits is, uh, was years ago when I switched from, I think it was the 7,500 to mm-hmm. the 6,500 because it has the quick release thing on there. Um, I use the pink respirators, the but P100s. the ones, mm-hmm, the P100s, but the ones that have what they call a uh, nuisance vapor relief. I call that the fart blocker. <laughs> the fart blocker. <laughs> so if you're doing like light stuff that actually has fumes, it will actually protect you from that. You don't need to always put on the big carbon, um, cartridges. So my setup generally is the pink filters for dust and light vapor. And then if I have something heavy duty, I'm spraying, uh, working with some nasty chemicals, I'm going to put the organic cartridges on top. But it's still the same 6500 respirator. Works great. It ain't broken, so I ain't Mm -hmm. trying to fix it. Mm -hmm. Uh, If if you're wondering specifically the ones he's talking about, uh, we do have an Amazon store with all of those products. So if you go to amazon.com slash shop slash the wood whisperer, mm-hmm. there's a category. I think I still call it Friday Live. It'll be it'll be in there. It's so 2020 of you. <laughs> I know. Okay. I just didn't change the title of it. <laughs> okay. Ken Coyle says, question about the miter station. I know I can adjust the length of the station to fit the space available, but how much space do you feel you need on each side of the saw for typical wood whisperer guild type furniture making? I'll be squeezing the station into a space under 10 feet long, and I'm thinking most of the available space should be to the left of the saw, but I'm not sure how to balance it out. Sorry, pulled my microphone. Uh, so that I don't, I don't end up frustrated later. Okay, so here, 
the way I look at it, and everybody might be different with this, I currently have like eight feet to the left, four feet to the right. And I still have some buffer room beyond the cabinetry. So if, you know, if it's a really, really long piece, I can hang it off the edge. Um, what this really comes down to is how long are your work pieces in your projects? Uh, because if you're working with 10 foot boards, there may very well be times where if your project calls for an eight footer, you have no choice. You've got to have eight to the left and two to the right of the blade. Um, but if most of your stuff isn't that, and I would say the guild qualifies as things that are typically, let's say six feet or less, as long as you can get that six feet to the left of the saw, everything to the right is kind of gravy. That's just the overhang. Uh, so I would say try to get as much to the left as possible, leaving some to the right because you always need to have extra space to the right. Um, but I would definitely take the lion's share of that and put that to the left of the saw. Because if you don't, and let's say you split it up and now you got, maybe with your size, you probably would have like six on the left and you put two on the right, then the longest board you could cut to the left for a project is six feet. Right, so that's that may or may not be limiting depending on the scale of your projects, but that's how you want to think about it: is how big are the project parts. So, but I would still justify as much to the left as possible, so you get the most capacity possible. Uh, Jason said he had to go. Bye, Jason. Jason who? Uh, Jason Spenny. Okay. <laughs> he said, "Happy New Year! I have to go." Later, Jason. <laughs> See ya. I uh, got a question here from Nick Gutterman. Anyone ordering the new mini double square from Woodpeckers? I don't have a four or a six inch one, and I'm thinking of ordering one. What's the, have you seen those? Nope. So, sorry, I, I wasn't sure. I, it was mini, a question I pulled it. I haven't seen the mini double square, yeah. no. Uh, Jim Schaefer, I have thought about doing my own shop floor as well. Don't. <laughs> don't do it. My shop is around the same size. Can I ask what the cost was to do your floor? There was like five. 25 a square foot well keep like in mind they also came twice because he had to move that didn't factor oh, into didn't. the price no 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 it's the oh. off season right now for uh. for these floor guys right so i got a discount on top of it yeah and i don't think they have a lot of work right now so i was able to i think if i had this done in the summer and called the floor person and said hey can you split the job up into two sessions so that i can move my tools they'd be like well, we have openings in December, you know. Uh, in this case, they were totally for it. And I don't really, I mean, look, yeah. when you're pricing these projects yeah, yeah. out, there's ways to put prices into things, sure. you know. But my price was about five, I think about 525 a square foot is what it came out yeah. to. Uh, I do highly recommend, and I've got a video coming out on this where I talk about this stuff because I thought it would be an interesting thing to film. Um, but I, I highly recommend that you do not do it yourself. I yeah. mean, if that's what you want to do, you're DIY minded, That fine, it's fine. But the results that you get when you have a pro involved, uh, pros not only are way better at surface prep than we are, uh, they are equipped to handle the dust that results from things like grinding. a lot of dust. Uh, the fumes that result from putting these nasty finishes down onto the floor. And they actually have access to stuff we don't have access to in terms of the, the quality of the finishes. Uh, and then you get a nice warranty with it. So I think if you're going to put in that, that time and effort, I think it is worth the money if the budget is there. If you can't and you just want to DIY it, all the power to you. Um, but but it, the, it might lift eventually, Well, right? certainly, yeah. That's all about surface prep, right? And how well that, that uh, epoxy can penetrate into, into the concrete. So mm -hmm. my recommendation is to, to get a pro. But, you know, whatever. Do what you need to do. David says, if you do it yourself, it will peel off in a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, it's one of those things where there's no question about it. What the pros do is definitely better than yeah, what we can do. Cuz they have on access own. to like, didn't you say it was like a diamond grinder like Well, yeah, a lot of times the, for the DIYer, you're going to clear out the space, you're probably going to acid etch the floor, you're going to try yeah. to degrease it to clean it up, you do the acid etching to try to open up the pores. They don't mess with that. What they do is they bring a big giant grinder and they grind that crap and that opens up the concrete and then when it's done it's all white and hazy, but that's what's going to allow the epoxy to kind of really get in there yeah. and bind. Um, makes a big difference in durability. Yeah. I mean, it could be the difference between a couple years or a couple decades of service, mm -hmm. depending on what you're doing in there. Okay, I got a question from Kevin. Oh, this is just a technical question. Over the last few weeks, I've had a bit of free time. I was going to browse through the early morning shows, um, but I see that they're gone from the Off Cuts Barbecue channel. Any chance you'll reload them on the regular Wood Whisperer channel? 
Okay, so I think Nicole gave you a link to this. Mm -hmm. She already replied to you, but there is a playlist available of all of the morning shows. That playlist, it's, on a, YouTube. Wood, it's a Wood Whisperer playlist. Yeah, it's though, a Wood right? Whisperer play playlist. On the Wood Whisperer YouTube channel, go to our playlist. There's one for the morning show, and it has all of those old shows there. More importantly, we have a website. Yeah. That website has categories and sections, and yeah. one of those sections is this completely devoted to the morning show. At the very top, if you go to thewoodwhisperer.com, at the very top it says morning show. You just click on it, and it's all there. Every single show is posted on our website with the show notes, so you can find it all there as well. Yep. If you're not into the meats. In the... The delicious meats of the, the meats. barbecue channel now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're not gone. Nope, not gone. We didn't delete them. Uh, you got another question? Yep, Kim. Kim Erickson, in fact. Kim. Uh, our house is currently having some renovations done. As such, we have the Sparky out regularly. Clark Griswold comes out. <laughs> Chevy Chase. Yeah, Chevy Chase comes out. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, regularly, he's happy to help me hook up my shed properly to the main power board. I think Kim's Australian. I, she is. She okay. is. I'm going to guess. Yeah, I've talked with her. The only people who call their shops sheds are Australians. Uh, only? Is it? Not in the UK? Nope. You sure? No, they don't have sheds in the UK. What do they have? They don't have any room for sheds. <laughs> they could barely drive <laughs> down do. their roads. <laughs> That's Come not on. sure. They have jobs. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a little extension cord action happening right now. Um, what are the considerations or lessons that you've learned from powering your shops over the years? And what should I keep in mind? I do want to grow my collection of power tools in the future. Currently, all of my tools are 240 volt. Oh, Australia. There you go. Okay, so a couple different things. Now, there, of course, are code differences with different regions. Even in the U.S., just from state to state, there are different things that are allowed or not allowed. So giving you advice in Australia, I'm out of my league with that. I'm just going to tell you what things I would tell someone who might be in the States, and maybe this can apply to you as well. First of all, more outlets is better, right? If you can get more outlets along the walls, you always have options for moving things around. Shops generally, I'm sorry, sheds, Generally, don't uh, stay the same way. We move things around. We might get a new tool and we shove it into a spot. You don't want to be limited by where you have access to outlets. So I think at that stage when you're just putting outlets in, it's fairly cheap to add an extra. Just make sure every, I don't want to give you a number that's not, you know, that's nuts here, but like every six feet or eight feet or something like that, make sure you've got outlets along the wall. Um, now here in the States, in some places, you can do something called a multi-wire branch circuit. Ask your electrician if that's something they can do. I find that very useful because it's a way of running 220 and 110 on the same circuit, essentially. And what you wind up with is a dual outlet, right? Where one side is 110, the other is 220. It's fantastic, especially for a one-man shop or a one-woman shop. If there's not more than one tool running on a circuit at a time, you can have this extra capacity for plugs but you're not actually running more than one tool at a time, right? So that's what makes it safe. But check with local codes, ask them. They may look at that and say, no, mate, we don't do that, right? But they might also go, oh, yeah, multi-wire branch circuits. We do those all the time. Um, it's a great way to save space, save cost, and save the amount of circuits that you need to run. There's so such a goober. <laughs> look into that. The other thing is, if you're going to run 110, I don't know if that's something, do they have 110 in Australia or is it all 240? Here in the States, if you, you have 110 typically and, and the 220 at the same time in the same space, uh, you have a choice between 15 amp circuits and 20. For tools, go 20. There should be no 15 amp circuits in your shop unless you just want to have a light bulb connected to it. It's just, I mean, you can get away with it on smaller tools, but you want that capacity of a 20 amp circuit. So Mr. X, Mr. Y says, uh, electrical regulations are unbelievably tough in Australia. You need an electrician for everything, even low voltage. Oh, geez. Well, good luck with the multi-wire branch circuit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's even here in the States that will make some people go, ooh, you want to do that? And it's like, yeah. yep, I'm doing that. I'm doing it. Uh, let's see here. Every four feet, Nick says. What's every four feet? The outlet placement. Ah. Hey, go into That's your a better number. chat. I like the way he thinks. I, okay. like it. I like it when we can throw a super chat up. Ness says 240, so they don't have to worry about 110. Mm. There you go. And David also says something, which I concur with. That's not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh there you go you know i gotta tell you i'm gonna tell you something and this might this might offend some people might make some people happy my favorite non-americans are australians okay 
Like, if I had to pick my favorite people that aren't American, I would pick Australians. You're, they just seem like... No, it's not teams. They seem like good blokes. Blokes. Okay. I feel like I could... Uh, I'm partial to New Zealand, only because of Flight of the Concords. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, they just seem like people who I'd want to enjoy a Fosters with, Nicole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're such a, such a dork. Okay. Uh, what are we doing now? <laughs> you're doing the super chat that just came oh. in. From Littlefoot three seven seven. Oh, shnikes. Okay. <laughs> um, what's your advice for setting joiner knives? But when you do the final snug on the bolts, the knives move up a couple thou. Ever run into this? Yeah, that's why I don't do knives anymore. I, I hate that. Um, I don't have a great solution for that. A lot of times, it just comes down to kind of uh, tweaking it. And I know when I had knives in the past, I would kind of maybe sneak it down a little bit, knowing that it's going to bounce up. And it's that kind of back and forth as you're tightening, what do they call them, jibs? You're tightening all those things down as you go. It's a huge pain in the butt. So I don't have a great trick for that. Um, I guess maybe, I don't know, some of those magnetic holders, have you seen those? The little like jointer pal um, that hang on the outfeed, but then go over the cutter head. I don't know if having one of those in place might be something that if you're putting pressure down and then you tighten things up, maybe it doesn't move as much. But I know some, sometimes once you get that pressure on there, if it wants to move, it's moving. I don't have a great solution for you. Uh, maybe the chat has some tricks for keeping those things where they're supposed to be mm-hmm. when you tighten that down. Uh, Brian Walrich, how do you fit a two-horsepower Laguna dust collector into a garage? Is Vaseline required for the install? My wife says her car belongs in the garage. It was a joke, I think. Well, your wife is wrong. So can we start <laughs> no, talking about that? No, your wife is right. Um, I mean, on a, I don't think there's any argument. But here, there's Nicole. compromise in every relationship. I think you need to cover her car with Vaseline, <laughs> and then put the uh, dust collector where it's supposed to be. And just be done with it. How about that? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> okay. Kevin Windsor. Did I do that one yet? I don't know. No, Kevin Windsor. I tend to buy wood to keep on hand, usually eight quarter, then resaw as needed instead of buying an assortment of different thicknesses. My projects are often bread box size and feature book matched panels and grain choices. Uh, this seems to work for me, but I wonder about the economy of paying a little bit more for the thicker stock and resawing. Well, if you're doing it as a means to an end, Kevin, what, else, what other choice do you have? You buy thicker, you got to do book matching. If you can't do that with four quarter, then you got to use the the eight quarter to do it or six quarter. So, I mean, I could see why you would do that strategically. There have been times when, I don't know, maybe I'm making a big tabletop and I know just my milling process is going to thin it out so much that although I really only want a one inch top and I wish I had rough lumber that could get me there very quickly and call it four quarter, I got to buy five quarter or six quarter knowing that the milling process will eventually bring me down where I want to be with a nice flat board. Uh, so, you know, we have reasons for doing it, but there's no question about it. It's less economical. You're spending more money poor, poor, per board foot per. for the eight quarter. So you're spending more and getting less effectively. <clears throat> the only time I think there's an exception to that is if, you know, sometimes an eight quarter board, depending on the thickness of what you're resawing out of it, you might get more yield than you would if you just started with a four quarter board. Right, so if it's something that actually produces more, then there might be a reason to do that. Like sawing veneers is one of those times where uh, sometimes the thicker piece becomes more economical because you get a nice even number out of it. Uh, you might get an extra sheet out of it versus a four-quarter board where you can't get as much. So um, I don't think it's an economical choice. I think it's a being picky about grain sort of choice, which if that's what you want to do, I wouldn't tell you not to do that. I do it all the time. Speaking about air filtration, Mike Rogers did a super chat and said, you recently purchased an air filtration unit. Do you have any tips on placement of the unit planning on hanging from the ceiling? Thanks. Love the show. Hang it from the ceiling. Don't put it right on the wall, maybe a little bit off the wall. The idea is it kind of creates the circulation pattern if it's along one of the long walls of the shop. Is yours like in the corner? Mm -mm. No. Is it in the middle? It's in the middle of the shop. A couple feet off the wall. On the ceiling. Gotcha. Over to the one side. But I also have one on the floor that's by the workbench that's more of a task-specific filter. Uh, Yeah, so I mean, generally, if you read articles about this stuff, at least when I used to read articles about air filtration, um, that's pretty much what most people recommend. 
Honestly, though, having that thing in your shop at all is good, right? Mm -hmm. Wherever you put it, it's going to be better than not having one at all. Um, but the idea generally is to create a circular air pattern around the shop. I, I just got an email from Jet. They're having a, a sale, 10% off until the end of the month. Oh, so, so I mean, Jet, I don't know what the they number an, is, yeah, the model have, number. Yeah, they have an air filtration. That thing was the beast. Mm -hmm. That was the one that I used to have, actually. Forever. Um, it was a good bargain, too. Uh, Chet Klaus did a super chat and said, I got a 3D printer too. Yep, we. Oh, what? I saw that on Facebook, yeah. Chet. What have you made for the shop? Nothing for the shop. For the shop? Why would I make anything for the shop? Because you can make stuff for the shop. I'm joking. Oh. I haven't. Um, I have to look around. I mean, Thingiverse. Again, we have such a tiny it's small. 3D printer. There's not a whole lot. Like, I wanted to print um, a headphone hook, right? Mm -hmm. Something for like your gaming headphones. You put them down, attaches to a desk. I don't have the size to do it. We can't fit it on the plate. So uh, it's pretty limited in what we can do. There's some really, I just think there's some really cool stuff happening with 3D printing right now. There was a whole TikTok um, thing that happened with a pill bottle for people to have Parkinson's. Uh. And the guy was like, these pills are so tiny. Why are, you know, it's really hard to get when you have Parkinson's. So somebody just open source the idea mm -hmm. and people are now making these pill bottles that you turn it and it kind of takes the pill and it's amazing. And, and it's on, um, so the open source forum for things to print is called Thingiverse. Mm -hmm. So if you it know, is pretty great. If you know someone with Parkinson's, look up the uh, Parkinson pill bottle. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. And you can just print it. I, the whole concept is really neat. Um, I, and I know there's different materials, different types of plastics. There's, you know, wood filament, different things you can yeah. use. Um, my one problem I have with it is durability. So mm -hmm. a lot of these things, like, for instance, having done enough with 3D printing now um, that and having dropped a couple things, <laughs> yeah, 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 I've seen how brittle yeah. it can be. Um, I ordered something and I didn't realize when I ordered it that it was 3D printed. Yeah. That it didn't say anywhere on the page that it was a 3D printed item. And I sent it back because I'm like, if I wanted a 3D printed thing... You I should I, know that it's 3, 3D printed. I think it should be disclosed. I mean, there are ways to make really high quality stuff mm -hmm. with 3D printing. Um, but in this case, I'm like, ah, I just want it like, I don't know, something cleaner looking because I, I actually have a 3d printed something on my desk there that we could now make ourselves but it's just an attachment onto a pole yeah. to hang christmas lights mm. and it's just 3d printed. and it's gonna break <laughs> no it's actually pretty... it's gonna get cold and it's gonna break it... nicole it it's a not. giant hook on the end of a stick <laughs> the only thing that thing can do is break uh littlefoot 377 did another super chat and said thank you i appreciate the advice cool so okay i got uh one here from lucas Says, what would you recommend using to thicken up Total Boat Epoxy for ease of use as a glue instead of pouring? Um, I don't know if Total Boat has fillers, but I know that West Systems has fillers. So I think it's pulling the number out of my butt here. 404, I think, maybe. The 404 filler. <laughs> that sounds familiar. So they have powdered fillers come in a big cylindrical container. They last forever as, as far as woodworker adhesive goes. They will last forever. I'm about halfway through a thing that I've had for probably 10 years now. Um, <clears throat> and it's just a fine white powder that you add, mix it in. Uh, makes the epoxy whitish, grayish colored. Um, but it does thicken it up so that it gets more viscous. And now you can kind of paint it onto your joints and be a lot more confident in its gap filling properties as well. Um, we, I know we've got it in the yeah, store I was, somewhere. Yeah, I was looking. Whenever we talk about epoxy, it kind of yeah. comes up. Yeah, it does come up quite a bit. I'm looking underneath. Mark recommends. No, I, I, it's not there anymore. Weird. Well, I'm sure it's in the... Because uh, Zang said it's Formula 409. <laughs> it's probably underneath Friday Live. We've talked a lot about epoxy on Friday Live. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is right there. Right? Is that it? 105, 206. That's the kit, but not the filler. Oh, okay. Well, I'll add it then. Boatworks today, who knows his epoxy, says uh, silica in general, West 406 is the same thing. They've oh. got a bunch of them. I think for woodworking purposes, just to simply thicken the epoxy, there's probably two or three that will get the job done. But I know the one I have is the one that they kind of recommend specifically for that. It's not 404. I think no. it's... It's four, is it 406? I don't know. I would have to go to the shop to uh, figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? The chat room will help us out. Yeah. Uh, we got a question here from Jason DiRocco. Mm -hmm. uh, wait a minute. I've already done this. Yep, I already asked this question. Mm. All right, <laughs> I got one mask. more. This is my final question that I have. Okay. Our good buddy Rick Urschel. 
How you doing, Rick? How's your family? How's your pie making endeavor? Uh, didn't he used to make a lot of pies? Rick, did he do a video? For rack, us? rack, rack. Yeah, Rick did the, the acoustic. Well, two. The, the, two, two. Well, one series and I think one video. Yeah. Uh, he did a clock with the gears, yep. crazy gear clock, and he did an acoustic guitar build. I need, you know what I would love to see? Rick holding his child <laughs> in front of that clock again, the yeah. side by side. Yeah, because it was just a little, little baby, baby baby at the time. Yeah. Now that baby baby, that baby was before our babies. Yes. And our babies aren't babies now. No, they're not. <laughs> I wrestle with Mateo now, and it hurts. <laughs> it's like... Man, and he still thinks he's like five years old. So he's yeah. like, Daddy, let's play. And I'm like, oh my God, you're getting, like, I'm getting weaker. You're getting bigger. Yeah, it's funny. And then I pick up Ava and she's like a paperclip. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Rick. Rick. He says, have you ever considered adding basic metalworking to your repertoire, such as building a steel frame for a table um, to art pieces with metal accents? I have thought about it in the sense of the, like, well, that would be nice, mm-hmm. sort of thinking. I haven't gone any further than that. I don't have a whole lot of knowledge on it. I don't have a whole lot of confidence and experience with it. I think if I if I lived near Cremona, mm. right, mm-hmm. and we were like buds who lived near each other and hung out and stuff, I probably would be like, hey, show me a couple of things so that I could build some confidence. Didn't Johnny Brook do metalwork in the um, table did. Guild project in the Parsons Parsons table. table. So uh-huh. there is a project in the guild that Johnny goes into some metal work. Yeah, what's it have you, to do with what I'm saying? No, I'm saying we have we have something that talks about metal work. Yeah. It's not you talking about metal work. No, but Rick's, Rick's asking if I ever want to add it to my uh, shop. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Nicole. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think if I had a direct influence, it might be something I would look into. But on my own, I'm still trying to figure out woodworking, you know? And I don't really have the kind of space that would very easily allow for a dual setup with both metalworking and woodworking in the same location. Um, So I I think it would be a tricky thing to do, but obviously people do it all the time. So I I find it somewhat interesting, and I think I would need to be influenced and uh, have a little bit of um, a safety net to do something with metal. But there are plenty of times... The gaming desks, that's a good example. Mm. Uh, I'm building gaming desks right now, and some of the designs for the legs that I wanted to employ, uh, I look at some of the designs that are out there, and I'm like, hi, let me see if I could do that in wood. And then I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea, like in wood. That's just not going to do that well. And sometimes metal is just called for. It makes the most sense. It's strong. It doesn't take up space. It's minimalistic. But if you don't know how to work with metal, you're, you're sunk. So yeah, it has occurred to me, but I don't know how realistic it is that we'll ever do it. Yep, got a super chat from Jake Baker. Super duper chat. Happy 2021. If I do a pour twice as thick as Ecopoxy recommends, will it just take longer to cure or never fully cure? All right, there's probably one question you should never ask me. That's anything having to do with epoxy pours. Uh, I've never done one of an appreciable size. My epoxy pours involve knot holes. (laughs) Well, and that one year we did the... Oh, the embedded characters for yes. the frames. Yeah. yeah, I did it like... And it was like three quarters of it an inch like little, thick. yeah. There are so many people who know the ins and outs of epoxy. I'm not one of them. So I can't even tell you. I, I would uh, not be able to give you any help. And it sucks because he gave me a super chat. Yeah. But I would be lying if I told you I had any knowledge of how well layering works. If you split up your pores and things like that. Even in my little one, I did an, an initial pour. And it bubbled. Right, to let it bubble, let it let it set. And then I put my characters in that base base coat. And then I poured on top of that to get to my final thickness. Is that what you do on a big epoxy river table? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But there are great resources out there. So many people Boat are messing today. with epoxy. Boatworks Today <clears throat> is in the chat and said it will cure. But because of the heat generated, it might crack. Okay. I'm going to put that on the screen. Boom. You saved my bacon. <laughs> there you go. All right. What else? I uh, got a question here from Mr. Gene Johnson. Uh, he said, I ordered a, the magnetic fence at the Christmas show. Yeah. I haven't gotten it yet. What magnetic fence? Okay. Did we talk about a magnetic fence? Well, we didn't talk about it on a Christmas show. It was prior to that. So I'm not sure why, what the... Connection is, the, is to the Christmas is that show. The woodpecker. I think he's talking about um. Because I Andy's. asked him, he's talking about Andy's fence. Oh, right. Maybe, That's the I only only magnetic fence we talked about 
within recent history. Okay. It was a pre-order what you what you bought. Um, I don't know the exact release date uh, of that thing, but it's got to be pretty soon. Oops, sorry. But I'm pr- I'm pretty sure it was sometime like late winter, early spring, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But double yeah. check if it was the mag switch fence that Andy oh, came yeah, up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pre-order. Yeah, it, that was a pre-order, and you might want to just contact them and ask them about it. Of course, we have nothing to do with the sales part of, of that whole thing. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's what you're talking about. If that's the case, it was a pre-order. Uh, uh, Jay Strickland just did a super chat. You guys refunded money back to me from the t-shirt bundle, so I'd mm-hmm. like to send it back Oh, geez. For, for the coffee fund. Well, the woman who does all that work just walked by to go pee, and I'll have to let her know. Um, <clears throat> but he said kinda... it has to be used for Tim Horton's coffee. Do we have Tim Horton's around here? Not that I'm aware of. I'm not aware of Tim Horton's. It's a Canada thing. Yeah, but... You can get the coffee, yeah, right? Yeah, you can buy yeah, yeah. the grounds and stuff. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe we get some grounds. Okay. Well, for you, Jay, we'll look for the grounds. Thank you, Jay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're kind of sticklers about that. If, if shipping ever comes out, because the thing is our software isn't great, and we get as close as we can mm-hmm. with shipping fees, but if it ever comes down to being too expensive, like, without question, we refund the money. Yep. Uh, Jason Spenny, I asked this question for the after show, but I'll put it here too. Any chance to see a full blind tail, blind dovetail in a future project, guild or otherwise? It's nifty and something I'd be interested in seeing. Have you ever done a full blind dovetail? No. I mean, no. Because <laughs> isn't the point of the dovetail you want to show it off? No, the point of the dovetail is to be a good joint. Ah. So I do subscribe to you know the, the state of mind that says whether you can see it or not, if it's the right joint for the job, get it done. And if it gets hidden, it gets hidden. Right. right. Joinery is about keeping pieces together. We have made it something where we like to show it off. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that I would never do a full blind dovetail, but I will say that if there are other reasonable ways that I can get just as much strength or something comparable in strength with less work, that it and the fact that it's hidden. I would probably opt for the simpler version. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any plans for that. I can't say one way or the other if and when that would show up, but it's certainly a possibility. You never know. I mean, we do what we do. What do you, Ava? It's a bad joke. I'm not even going to say it. I want to hear it then. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's a bad joke. I know, I know. That's I'm not going to say. <laughs> Vincent Sanders says, "I did check with the fence late winter." Thank you, Vincent. Yeah, that's what I thought. Late winter, early spring, if I wasn't mistaken. Fred said, "There's a Tim Hortons in Staten Island." Yeah, but that's more north. Well, let's uh, the, let's take a the road more trip. north you get. Sure. The more you're going to find. It's because the Canadian drips down. <laughs> it it drips down, Nicole. Yeah. It's, Seeps down into the, the U.S. <laughs> uh, Rick, Get your Canadian all over me. <laughs> I like Canadians. Some of them. Uh, Shit's Creek, by the way, one of the best shows to come out of Canada. Save it for the after show, Nicole. All right. Rick. <laughs> we'll talk about it in the after show. <laughs> Rick says, uh, when you're burnt out, how do you get back in the groove? I uh, look myself in the mirror and I say... Suck it up, Buttercup. You You got a job to do? No, this is what happens. I can always tell. And he's just kind of... You're going to tell the truth, aren't you? (laughs) No one wants to hear the truth. (laughs) He just kind of meanders aimlessly. Because I can tell he's just... He doesn't want to to go in. (laughs) I need admission. Yeah. Like, every day. Yeah. And, uh, and I need a job. Yeah. This is why I'm never, ever going to really be retired. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like yeah, I, might, I get it. I might retire in a sense by doing, you know, less of the non-preferred tasks mm-hmm. in my life. Uh, but I need something to sink my teeth into at all times. And sometimes the shop isn't that. And I'll get focused on stuff in the house. And I let it breathe. Um, I am... There are a lot of people when they talk about getting burnout. out. This happens in video games too, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you play a long-term MMO. Someone's at front door. It's just, thank you, Mr. Google. It's, it's United States Postal Service. Thank yes. you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service. <laughs> uh, yeah, so people talk about getting burnt out on things that they like to do. And you always hear it's always like on a podcast or something. And you hear the hosts giving them ideas for what, how, how you can get that, that energy and that fire back. I don't really subscribe to that. I actually think if this is something you do for fun and you're currently not finding it fun, go do something else. Yep. And eventually, I do find that the, the desire to get back in there um, will sort of flare up. <laughs> You'll want to get back in there and start making things. 
But if you don't, why would you force yourself? The only time you want to force yourself is if this is how you pay the pills. That's where I'm at. Like if I don't work, we don't have videos, we don't get paid. So I have to do that. Um, but if you don't have to do it, I just don't see a need. I don't mean to discourage people from, you know, or, or let's say encourage people to get out of the craft. Go in when you want to go in. And, mm-hmm. and, and now that said, if you're just because you haven't found something to sink your teeth into, look around. Look at other people's projects. Is there something you guys need in your home? Um, find something that gets you excited to get back in the shop. But I don't feel like this is something that we need to force ourselves to do if we are not doing it for a living. I, I just mm-hmm. don't understand that mindset. Well, even as something as simple as cleaning your shop, organizing your shop. Every time These this comes up, little things that... every time this comes up, that's the answer we give. Yeah. Like, do a shop project. That's something that'll get you excited again. Yeah. But if you don't feel like doing a shop project, then yeah. don't. Watch a movie. <laughs> don't do Watch it. a show. Play a game. Yeah. There's tons of hobbies. All kinds of things you Learn can do. Learn to quilt. No, Nicole. Let's be reasonable. <laughs> Come on. Make a blanket. <laughs> Learn to knit. Learn, I mean, these are all things. Learn right? to sew. Yeah. Make masks. I, I'm actually I'm back into making quilts right now too. So. Um, so Michael has a question here. Ever thought about using Fusion 360? There are no plans currently for using Fusion 360. Um, you know, learning a new piece of software, as you guys know, is kind of a pain in the butt. I, I can get serviceable models made in SketchUp. And for my woodworking, that's all I need, right? I don't need to do anything more than what I currently do in SketchUp. Um, we, you know, there's another component to this as far as what we distribute, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we give out... Uh, SketchUp plans, or in the case of the Guild, we just, it's part of the plan package, you know, we will always monitor the situation and decide whether we want to be using different software. Um, But right now, I don't see, for the average woodworker, any strong advantage to jumping ship and leaving SketchUp in favor of uh, Fusion, in spite of the fact that they are very different programs, they work very differently, and have a very different set of capabilities. Uh, I do think, obviously, Fusion is the more capable program, but if we're just talking about woodworkers and not just makers in general who might be doing other things with 3D printers and mm-hmm, CNC mm-hmm. and stuff like that, um, I, I think I think SketchUp still remains to be the simpler, more approachable choice for most woodworkers. Uh, I missed this one. How do you say his name? It's a cool name. Uh, Chris? Oh, it's just Chris. It's probably a very complicated way to, to spell Chris. <laughs> it makes me think of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Or no, no, not Lord of well, the Rings. Well, look, even the last name. Like, this guy... Uh, what is it? Game of Thrones. That's yeah. what it's making me think of. Is uh, yeah, Chris. He said, "Finishing question. I'm working on a natural edge slab project. The slab is going to waterfall and then wrap under like a sideways U. What is the best way to finish with uh, with Osmo or Monocoat? Didn't we do a gill project? Did Matt do a gill project for he, a waterfall table? He did. Yeah, yeah. But as far as finishes go, either one. Yeah." You know, I, I mean, I've been using a lot of Rubio. I really like it. Um, I think if you want something that is a hard wax oil finish that has a little bit more of a film-like appearance, then go with the Osmo. Um, you can apply Osmo very lightly, uh, but if you apply it a little bit in, in, in thicker coats or roll it on or they have pads that you can use to apply it, uh, Osmo will provide a little bit more of a film than you'll get from Rubio. Rubio is, you know, less film. It's hard to say in terms of protection. You know, they're both hard wax oil finishes. But I do think Osmo gets the gets the win for overall protection. So like I said, the fact that it leaves a thick enough layer that it actually kind of acts like a film, that's actually adding more protection. So it uh, kind of depends on what you want. Both are a breeze to apply. Both, um, I, I would put them in comparable categories. Um, so whichever one you're, I would say whichever one you're more comfortable applying. Mm. Yeah. All right. There we go. Uh, Dire does. Dire Desire said, if you ever decide to get into CNC, Fusion is a much better option. It's easier to edit, too. Fusion has a cam tool chain. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, if you're more of a general maker and you're getting in the CNC and you plan to uh, you know, get components of your projects pushed out into a format for CNC, you can do that with SketchUp, too, with certain shapes. Um, you can pull the image out and import it in and you know, make, make it work on a CNC. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think if you are in that world, uh, you know, if you, if you like, uh, watching, I like to make stuff, (laughs) chances are, if you watch Bob, you're going to probably want to be in fusion. Uh, and I'm coming from a perspective. Think about who I am. I'm a person who just does woodworking. I have a CNC, but I'm not really using it for my work per se. Um, maybe in the future, 
And that's when, you know, Fusion 360 becomes a little more attractive. You mean you don't have a passion for historical renovations? <laughs> you, you want to tell that story? Now that you, it's not that great of a story. No, it's not great of a story. We get approached probably... Once a month. Once a month by a TV producer. Scout. Someone, yeah, someone who's out there just looking for talent. I don't know why they come to us. Yeah. If they ever watch our show, they know there's no talent going on there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this this one was like Nicole just sent it to me. I was like, did you actually read this? Yeah, because yeah. why are you sending this? I know, to me? I know. They're like, we need someone who uh, we think you'd be perfect for this because we need a host Who's who passionate. has a passion for historical renovations and the knowledge in construction uh, to carry out those <laughs> like, renovations. And I'm like, that's not us. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what gave you that impression? Like. I, uh, I felt, I mean, I felt I'm not going to get on this old house anytime soon. Yeah, I yeah. can tell you that yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what that's the joke Nicole just yeah, made. Yeah, I just made that joke. <clears throat> All right, so uh, we're past our, our okay. time. Well, I've run out, of, I've run out up, our huh? questions. Did you have any more questions from Patreon? Well, plenty. Oh, no, no Patreon. No questions. Patreon nope. questions. Okay, so um, we do a little after show after this more casual we'll talk more about canadian television shows i'm sure how do you get more casual than what we just did <laughs> it gets more it gets even more casual yeah okay <laughs> so if you're a patreon supporter um there's a post on patreon and in fact i'll just i'll link to it it's super easy uh if you are a youtube member it's underneath the community tab from our youtube page um that's how you get to the show mm-hmm. so uh we will be I'll be picking, um, we'll pick a show title. Mm-hmm. A lot of people submitted some really funny show titles on Showbot. Cool. Uh, my, Tim, my favorite right now is micromanaging your micro bubbles. There you go. That's a good one. Um, I want to answer Tim's question. Okay. Uh, Wood Talk is starting, well, we're going to record tomorrow, two shows for the month of January. And then we will be resuming our normal schedule, uh, except for we're doing two shows a month from here on out mm-hmm. so we will be back oh joe, joe shaw just did a super chat and said hey guys sorry i've missed some shows so grateful you f- to you i can't wait to get back into watching oh thanks joe yeah We're, thanks joe you know it's is this still 2020 <laughs> like, feels like it it's like what a year it's been what a year it's been and what a year it has just started yep we're, we're gonna crazy times Plow forward. Yep. Join us. Hopefully we can at least help uh, distract you from the craziness that that is our world right now. For a little bit of time. Just for an hour. An hour a week. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for watching, everybody. We really appreciate all of you. We think you're all beautiful, except for you. Except for the two people that thumbed down us. You guys are not beautiful. It's okay. You are not. You don't have to watch us. It's okay. Sure. (laughs) You know, I do want to mention something. What? I don't mean to make the show drag out, but this is important to me. Okay. I had a gentleman on Instagram yesterday. Mm. They had a little bit of a heated conversation. Do you want to do this for the after show? No, I'll do it right now. All right. Do I it. think it's an important message. Okay. And he basically told me that because he can't afford my tools, because he can't compete with my techniques, that he has nothing more to learn from mm, me. That's a shame. And we kind of went back and forth, and he seems like a nice enough guy. Like, I didn't want to insult him, but I'm like, dude, I got to call BS on this. Like. Mm-hmm. How do you figure you have nothing to learn from someone who maybe knows more than you do and has some tools you don't have? When it comes down to it, you know what my shop is? It's a table saw, it's a jointer, it's a planer, it's a bandsaw. Those are the lion's share of the tools being used. Uh, you don't have to have Powermatic to build the stuff that I build. Um, but when you look at that and you're so blinded by the fact that my tools are more expensive than yours... You're closing off your ability to learn, you know, and I, try, I was trying to get him to understand that, no, you have plenty to learn. Saying that you have to be able to compete with the people you learn from is like, oh, I dropped out of school because I couldn't compete with those teachers. What, what sense does that yeah, make? It doesn't make sense. It was just so frustrating to see someone who was limiting himself this way. And I hope I didn't come across as too, you know, angry. Or something. Yeah. I, I really wanted to make him understand that, look, you don't have to compete. There's no competition here. Uh, if you don't like me, fine, don't watch. But to say that you, you're not watching anymore because you have nothing more to learn from me, simply because you don't have the same tools I have or the same knowledge set I have, is so nonsensical. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense at all. So I don't know. Just a message. No, if think... this is something you've thought about, yeah. like you watch someone who has more than you and knows more than you, and you have negative feelings about that, 
don't let that get in the way of your learning process. I, I just read an interesting article that we as humans are, it, it was one of the core questions. It was like, one of, what, what's one of the things that it took too long for you to learn? Mm-hmm. And the person was like, that we as humans are designed to be negative too. And it's really hard to choose to be positive and to look at the, the, the good things. Yeah. I mean, we are guilty of it too. Sure. So I know for me, one of the things that I tried early, early on was to say, I'm going to be a lifelong student and just try to learn. Mm-hmm. And not close myself off. That, that's an important mindset. If you if you want to keep learning, some people yeah. don't want to. Yeah. And it's okay to stop learning if that's the phase of life you're in and you're ready to stop. But if you want to learn... I'm going to be 80 years old and I'm going to be like, all right, show me this new technology. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see what this is. Let me check into these 3D printers. Man, could you imagine what's going <laughs> to be when we're 80? We're going to be on the moon. <clears throat> no, probably not. <laughs> we're going to fly in cars. No, probably not. Probably not. Hey, uh... Ian, Chris, said, hey, folks, this is for extra coffee. Oh, hey, I could use some extra coffee Mm. today, too. Thank you. All right, so uh, thank you, everybody, and we will see you next Friday in the shop. I promise. We'll be in the shop. (laughs) Thanks, uh, uh, Pino. (laughs) He's just here to listen to me pronounce names. Oh, good. (laughs) That's what we're all here for. Okay, see you guys. Bye.